Welcome to my first time. I'm Mary Jo Smith. I'm Colleen Smith. No, no relation. relation. Uh, with us as always is Ian Smith, related to me. Not Whoa. related to me. Um, and this month's theme is... Sexual awakening. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. When were you pervy for I the first time? I have a tickle time? in my tummy just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have very fun guests who are going to introduce themselves and tell us something about themselves. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm Nicole Birch, and I'm a stand-up comic, writer, performer, actress, all that good stuff. A uh, little fun fact about me that you might not know is that I was a professional flair bartender Ooh. for like 10 years. What does that mean? So like the movie Cocktail, Cocktail. with Tom Cruise? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> she knows her way around a bottle. I know my way around <laughs> right. a bottle. Uh, that's just an awful piece of information, and I, I bury that, so I'm sharing that with you guys. I love that. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hi, I am Navaris Darson, and I'm an actor and a comedy writer. I keep that vague so that people don't. <laughs> oh, you write comedy? Yep. Um, and a fun fact about me is oh, I'm also a, a Groundlings teacher. I teach comedy improv, and that's not vague. Um, a fun Very fact about specific. me is that I sing in a chorus. I sing in the Gay Men's Chorus of Los Angeles. Yeah. I got to sing in like the Simpsons show at the Bowl. I saw that. <laughs> And on the Oscars. I'm done now. <laughs> Are you? I think you're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I have to follow that, jeez. Uh, my name's Natasha Estrada, and I am a burlesque performer, singer, comedian, and single mother. Single and ready to tingle. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> uh, any chance I get. Fun fact about me, um, if you have been up lately at 3 a.m. watching local cable access, you might recognize me from um, the most recent Lash Genetics infomercial. <laughs> so yeah. I know, I know, guys. Yeah. Um, my line that I came up with myself was, I feel like I just snapped into sexy. That producer nice. loved you for that, I, I They did, yeah. yeah, they did. I felt like maybe I should have gotten paid more for that. Yeah. Yeah. Or a producer credit. Or a producer, producer credit, credit, at yeah. least. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to go out on that one. Awesome. Strong oh, welcome to all. I just, when, how did we come up with this theme? I Oh, it'll be explained in my story oh, at the end. All right. At the end. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So you wrapped it up. Um, all right. So I guess I'm going first. Um, and I, so full disclosure, I was really nervous about this topic. Um, I feel really embarrassed right now just even thinking about the fact that I'm going to talk about sex because I'm really uncomfortable talking about sex. And I'm really uncomfortable having sex. And I'm really uncomfortable with sex in general. I don't like sex. Sex is weird. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> And, uh, but, but I was very interested in sex at a very early age. And I, and I don't know what is normal for early age. Like, I mean, I think I was, I grew up in communities. I grew up with a lot of families under one roof. And, and so I, I could see lots of little kids sort of exploring their bodies or whatever. And, you know, you touch yourself and you whatever and you what is this and what is that and I'll show you mine. But so there was a lot of that sort of innocenty stuff going on. But I like was early on was like, just, <laughs> just made eye contact with Ian across the table. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Um, I was really um, like. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited! I'm already writing down yeah. notes that you've made me think of. Uh, We're here for you. We are here. Let's thank you. Let's just out. let's just talk about masturbation. Let's just talk about oh, masturbation. Yes. Okay, so. I love it. My mother, who I tried to get to tell a story on tonight's panel, she just flat out wouldn't do it. Um, let's see. 
So again, I grew up in community. I grew up around a lot of hippies. There was a lot of sex. There was a lot of free sex, a lot of nudity. There was a lot of like, you could hear people having sex all the time. There was sex was around. And, um, and I knew what it was. We all knew what it was. And, and sometimes you would make fun of it. And sometimes it was like, oh, it's so gross. What are they doing? <laughs> what is that sound? What is that? Oh, is that singing? What's happening? You know? Um, and sometimes it was singing. Um, and, uh, but I and I but I had this like fascination with it and and I felt like that made me wrong. I was really ashamed of how like wanting to know, wanting to listen, like what's going on, what are they doing, and trying to imagine that, and having no real sense of what was happening. This was really you know really young, and then I remember. Um, <sighs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say this out loud. I told Chick for the first time, I told, for those who don't, uh, are listening and don't know, like I told my fiancé Chick about this two nights ago, and it's the first time I've ever said this out loud to any human being. So I discovered that if you take the um, the play school, um, those little toys, those little rounded head play school toys, and put them on an electric toothbrush, you could Whoa. make your own vibe. <laughs> Baby genius. Oh. Baby genius. Baby genius. Yeah. Um, and that was like, oh, I like I wish I'd patented that. Then I, I would have had my own cable access uh, infomercial by now. Snapping into sexy. Snapping into sexy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed that I did this and what's wrong with me that I what's wrong with me that I paired up this like toothbrush with this toy. Like this is not Ian, don't look at me right now. Just look away. <laughs> More than what's wrong with you? How? How did you have the wherewithal to pair those two things? I don't know because I'm because I'm really damaged. I guess I don't know. Like I to me, I don't know how or crafty. I don't know. Like I just feel. I always I felt so ashamed about it. Um, but I and and I um I wanted to be I what I I wanted really badly to be a stripper. Like I wanted to know what that would be like to like. I know that's so crazy, but I really was like, I think that's so great. Like, wait, just, wait, wait. At age seven? Uh, no, probably a little bit later. I guess I should I should say like this was after I saw movies like The Blue Lagoon and Pretty Baby. I thought Pretty Baby was like, oh my god, like she's a child whore. How did that happen? <laughs> and somehow like that seemed to. And then my mother took me to see that because she thought it was about a pretty baby. <laughs> so so pretty baby. If anybody's listening, who doesn't know Brooke Shields, a young, very young Brooke Shields, played a child prostitute in a movie called Pretty Baby. Uh, my mother did not know that when she took me to see it. <laughs> and she didn't But she have didn't you walk leave. out. No, we stayed for the no. <laughs> Um And then you think about movies like Blue Lagoon and Endless Love and like all those movies that when I was a little kid were out and well, I wasn't supposed to see those movies, but I saw those movies. And um, I don't know. I just, I felt like I, I wanted to be sexual and I was supposed to be sexual, but I felt like I wasn't sexually attractive and I... I was so conflicted about it. Like, I felt like I was this sexual person, but I also felt like it wasn't for me and I wasn't sexually desirable. And, um, yeah. So, and then I, and then there was all the whole thing of like sex to be liked. Like, I, I had to be sexual in order for it to be liked. That was sort of mixed in there too. This is a terrible story. Um, <laughs> I think this is everyone's first. Yeah. So and then, so the stripper thing was the stripper thing came later. Um, I was probably like a teenager, but I just thought it was such like I think I just was in awe of the 
the empowerment and the comfort in their own skin. And I don't think I connected that there was a, you know, for a lot of girls who strip, that there's a lot of baggage that they're carrying around with them. I don't think I knew that. I think I just saw it as, wow, they don't feel the way I feel. I'm so insecure and so afraid and so, like, don't think that I'm sexy. And look at these women with these just, like, these killer shoes and this attitude and like they're you know and I used to go to strip clubs because I was just fascinated with them as I got older like in my 20s I would go to these strip clubs and I would go with my guy friends and they were like you must be a lesbian and I was like no I just think they're like these Amazonian gods who are just and yes of course at that point I, I realized that a lot of them had, were as fucked up as I was in their own ways and some of them had drug problems and whatever like I remember talking to them, and I would talk to them, and I, this one stripper at um, Cheetah's, she was so great, and she was like obsessed <laughs> with my boobs, she's like, I paid so much money for my boobs, because she would like feel my boobs, and I was just like, I can't believe you think my boobs are great, because your boobs, like, I don't know, I was just obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with strippers, and um, I just thought, if I ever got down to stripping weight, I would totally just strip, I'll do it once, I'm going to do it once, I'm just going to do it once, and then the Groundlings, they had a pole, they have a pole on the stage, so anytime I was at an improv and I could be on the pole, it was like, I could, <laughs> I'm going to do comedy stripping, um, so I did a lot of that, like, I, I feel like with my sexuality, like, that I have sort of a, a very sexual person hidden inside of me, and I, and I, maybe that's very common for a lot of people, I don't know, um, but I, I, I felt like I didn't know how to let her out. I didn't know how to be sexual. I just knew that, I, and I was obsessed. I would re, like when I was like thirteen, I was reading Anais Nan, like oh, you know, like just like great erotica, and um, just obsessed with that. And then Harlequin novels, and just like all that stuff. I was obsessed, obsessed with sexual passion and romance, and how do you get that? But then if it came anywhere near me, I'd be like, oh, I don't want anything to do with you, male or female, I want nothing to do with you. And you must be flawed if you find me attractive, like all of that stuff. Um, and uh, and porn, too. Like, I was fascinated with porn. I mean, it's comedy at its best. It's porn is hilarious. But, <laughs> but also that same thing of, like, that same, wow, the confidence. And, again, I know a lot of um, people in the adult film industry come with their own baggage and all of that stuff. And some of them are just super empowered and, and are comfortable in their own skin and love sex. And they, yeah. they totally separate it from the relationships that they have. It's, you know... But I just, I would watch porn and just think, wow, how do you, like, how do you get that comfortable in your own skin that you can have sex on camera? But I can barely even, like, uh, I don't know, like, let you whisper in my ear. You know what I mean? Like, it was so <laughs> far removed from me, and I was so disconnected from it. And then I got into a phase of, like, being like, I'm just going to be super sexual. I'm just going to try things. I'm going to explore. I'm going to go out on crazy dates and like just weird shit and go to parties and just see what's out there and push myself to like just be more comfortable and then um as many people know because they've probably if you've listened to this podcast um, then you know that I was uh, raped in my in the 90s uh, when I was in the Sunday company at the Groundlings not at the Groundlings it didn't happen at the Groundlings. Oh, I was like what <laughs> uh, no they fired that stage manager uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no no it wasn't at the Groundlings and that sort of like stopped for me like sex was just that's it that was my sexual sleep like it mm. sex was out as far as I was concerned after that for a long time after that, I had zero interest in sex. I didn't mm -hmm. want, I just, and I felt okay with it. I was sort of like, that's fine. 
like I had my playtime, I had my exploration, and even when I did go out into the world and sort of explore and do things, I was always carrying a lot of like shame and guilt. It was very secretive. Like if I went and did like a, uh, I went to like a like a voyeuristic party or something like, because I would go out and like find all this weird, this like such great weird shit out into the world. And I, <laughs> but I, you know, and I would watch like HBO, like real sex and oh, like yeah. going down to the valley, all that stuff. And I was just fascinated with like, how do these people just, because it's, and, and as much as maybe, um, I, I mean, I don't know how they, I don't know how anybody, I mean, the first time that I met you, you came in here and you performed burlesque. I had never met you before. You'd never met me, and now there was my boobies. There were your boobies <laughs> in, my, in my house right here, and yeah. you were spinning around in this amazing costume. <laughs> yeah, And there was a whole bunch of people in here, and I, all I could think about was like, oh my God, you're so beautiful and powerful and confident and like strong. Like To me, that is wonder woman like oh my god to be able to do that to just be that free where you were just like you just walked into a house full of crazy people <laughs> that you had never met and you just like performed this a beautiful dance in this like satin multicolored costume and i was just like oh, who is this person you know like, i was so enamored immediately i just think it's such it just takes so much courage to just be open with your body. And to me, it just goes counter to everything instinctually where I just feel like I have to close off, close off, close off. So this is a terrible story. It's but a great not at all. story. Right. But relating to everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait. Was it like a birthday party? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'd like was, to know what the party was. It was where she Chick's just birthday in. party <laughs> several years ago. And... Um, a friend of ours had, who's at the party, had met you maybe even that day. No, the night before. The night before. Uh, yeah, I met her the night before, and she she booked me for three things. She just said, "Hey, I just want to. This this might sound you know crazy, but I I have this party, and I'd love for you just to surprise, just barge in the front door. You're, yeah, I'm gonna leave. So essentially, she wanted me to break in somebody's house a stranger's yeah. house and then take off all my clothes yeah. <laughs> and I was like great just tell me what time yeah. and I'll be there <laughs> sounds it fun was like really a good great time. and and uh it, it was just like and everybody was surprised and and my friend does that a lot she'll she'll surprise people with like crazy one time she just had somebody like run around the house and try to like pretend like they were breaking in and scare the shit out of people like she just likes to do yeah. oh, <laughs> that seems like a less fun surprise yeah there were, there were injuries involved that night because people were actually feared for their lives and ended up getting hurt but um this, nobody was feared for their lives the night you showed up oh they but might have been but, maybe only yeah. um I don't know where I was with that but yeah just um I don't know like sexuality is this um and, and I went through a phase with masturbation of just like masturbating like, just, I couldn't get enough masturbation. And this was, like, probably in my 20s. I was like, I'm going to masturbate. What are you doing this weekend? Pizza? Masturbation. Leave me alone. You're staying home? You're going to have some pizza? I'm going to masturbate all weekend long. I never told anybody that, but I knew that's what I was doing. Um, I never told anybody that until right this very second. To all our millions of viewers, listeners. Do we have millions yet? Are we there Yeah, yet? we're up in the we're millions. up in the millions. Um, oh God, I'm sweating. I'm so embarrassed. Um, but, yeah, I, and, I li and I think... I also had a very unrealistic view, obviously, of what sexuality was, because Blue Lagoon is not realistic, and Flowers in the Attic is not realistic, but I was obsessed mm -hmm. with that, and, stri <laughs> and strippers and porn actors, like, I just yeah. felt like, 
somehow I was supposed to be able to achieve that kind of confidence and and um, or incest. freedom or incest <laughs> confidence and freedom and that if I couldn't achieve it at that level then then like I, I don't know I, I I don't know if I was sort of like a not a victim that's the wrong word but a but a a um, product of what I took in as a viewer right so I would watch even teen romp movies like Porky's and all that stuff, like those kind of movies that were so sexual and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And it's like, everybody's having sex. And I wasn't, I was, by the way, I was the last person to lose my virginity in my group of friends. I was 15 before I lost my virginity, which um, was a very crazy story and a podcast that we've already done. Um, (laughs) And uh, I just, I never felt good at it. I never felt good enough at it. I had never felt pretty enough to be sexual. Like, it was all a mess. And today, I'm just as fucked up as I And this, you know, my relationship now, you know, I went from, oh, I was a, I was a straight woman my whole life, but but often a guest star. Like, you can do, you know, like you can be gay as a guest star. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I always enjoyed that because you're just the guest star, so you can just have fun, and then you go home at the end of the night. Um, but then, you know, and I met Chick, and Chick at that time was still female, so then I went uh, into a whole new, uh, whole new sexual awakening, I guess, of like, okay, now I'm a lesbian, and then Chick came out as trans, and then so now I'm again a straight woman. Um, <laughs> so it's, I guess the, that these last few years have been so fascinating to me because it, it this whole new world opened up to me of this fluidity of who I am. Because being a guest star in a sexual situation doesn't really define you in any way, right. but being in this relationship is very different. And so, and then having that language a- attached to me for the first time of like being defined by my sexuality when I first got together with Chick, and suddenly I was. I had a very good friend who, for the first time, I overheard her define me as a lesbian first, before anything else, before any other thing she said oh, about wow. me. She's a lesbian, she's a groundling, she's a blah, blah, and I was like, <laughs> whoa! Like, it had never, I had never had that happen before, where my sexuality led the oh. resume. And I I couldn't understand that. I'm going to wrap it up. I think I've been talking too long. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, for, I, I uh, sexuality is a mystery to me, and and um, I wish that I had more freedom in it, and maybe I should take one of those crazy workshops like they do on real sex. I don't know. I should look one of those up. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I you know. seem you're in a good. I mean, I don't know. Help I'm, me. <laughs> I have no advice. The end. The Yay! end. Yay! <laughs> Does anyone have any follow-up questions yeah. or comments? I have a I have a marketing name for your bobble-headed vibrator. Oh, what is it? <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Pledge dispenser. What? <laughs> like Pez dispenser? Oh, like pleasure? Which <laughs> like it was a it was a oh. play school. Play school. It was a little play school, rounded <laughs> head. I mean, I I oh honestly am still in awe. I'm I'm in awe because the only thing I did as far as that was I I had like a life size pink panther. Uh, stuffed animal that my I forced my grandfather to pull over and buy for three dollars, but he was made out of wire, so I could bend him to like wrap around me. And oh. then I realized how I could maneuver him 
yep. ah. at a very young age. But, <laughs> yep. you know, I mean, that the idea that you had, that you put those two, two things, it's just together. brilliant. Yeah. I'm baby yeah. genius, I'm that saying. Because both of us are just humping stuff in. Yeah, I was humping my pillows. I was humping my pillows. Well, I did yeah. have a bear, and he's upstairs now to this day. Uh. His name is Chewbacca, and he has no <laughs> mouth because I kissed that mouth right off. I practiced kissing on him. He was always Chewbacca? He was always Chewbacca. He was, okay. Yeah, he's always been Chewbacca. He's still up there. Poor Chewbacca, he's in the guest room. Well, Mary Jo, yeah. thank you no, for yes. being very brave. I think we were all going to be braver <laughs> because you were... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay! All right, Nicole. Okay, um, just to touch base on what Mary Jo said, <laughs> uh, the whole like weekend of masturbating yeah. thing, I've totally done that. And sure. then I noticed that after breakups will be when I masturbate the most frivolously. Is that the word I want to use? The, mo- yeah. the most, like, yeah. like... Frenetically, like crazy? Like crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for that two days after a breakup, and yeah. it's, that's sad, in a way. No. It's like, get it out, get the pain out. <laughs> so oh, that's just yeah. a touch yeah. on Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then order takeout. <laughs> yeah, and then, order and then like, think, like, oh, what do they think when I'm opening the door? Yes. <laughs> Don't shake hands. Um, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> I, uh, my sexual awakening story is, uh, I, I was also the last one in my group of friends to have sex. Uh, I feel like I made up for it in college though. Um, <laughs> and I've always like, liked sex and I like being sexual, but, um, only recently, I won't like, we'll say within the last five years I was in a relationship. Um, we'll call him Jake because that's, Sounds like a hot guy, right? Um, <laughs> and he's this Italian guy, and uh, I'm Italian, and so we both run really hot, and we're cursed like sailors. We both have that same like kind of bravado, um, where we like to like rev each other up, but in a good way. Uh-huh. And so we started dating, and I, I said, I kind of put the because I tend to sleep with people a little too soon, <laughs> so we put a, a kibosh on that and said we're going to wait for two months. So we waited for two months, and during the two months... Navaris's face, like, two months? Yeah. Whoa. You're allowed to make sense, You're allowed to make I'm a silent film actor. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work with radio. Oh. Um, so uh, we waited two months, but during the two months, we would be like, well, what do you like, and what do you like? And we did all the foreplay stuff and pretty much everything else, but... Uh, and I was like, oh, well, I've always kind of wanted, since you're an alpha and I'm an alpha, like, you know... Like, ooh, choke me, or I don't know. That's crazy. (laughs) That'd be crazy. And he's like, yeah, that would be. And he's also, I should say this, as much of an East Coast alpha Italian that he is, he's also kind of a choir boy. Like, he's never done drugs. He's, like, pretty straight edge uh, and hilarious. But so he was like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll I'll choke you. I'll be good. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. So so it's like we're two idiots just trying to have sex with each other. (laughs) And so we start to have sex. And uh, After two months. After two months. Yeah, so the foreplay has been like amazing. It's been awesome because it's... He's great at it. How did you decide it was the time? Like, this, it, it's now happening. I think it was like, well, you know, tomorrow's day 60. He's like, so I'll be over there at 5 o'clock. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're like, you checking off the calendar. Of all the dates he remembered, that was the day. He was like, so tomorrow, right? 5 o'clock, I'll yeah. be at your place. He's like, you want to just knock it out before dinner? Great. Okay, that's what we we'll And then we just didn't go to dinner, so it was great. Um, and we ordered takeout. Yes, see? Yeah. Okay, so, oh, my delivery people. Um... So we start having sex, and it is, and he kind of loses his inhibitions too. So he's like, he does a little bit of choking. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like throws me around the bed, and he's like telling me what to do. And I was like, this is amazing. And then, (laughs) 
And so like I go, he's like, what's your favorite position? And I was like, I'm I like girl on top with the guy sitting up. So uh-huh. it's like really intimate, right? And you, boobs in their face. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And so, <laughs> so so we start doing that and he goes, and uh, we're on the bed and I was like, wait, let's do it on the couch. Perfect. So I have like 10 foot story or 10 foot ceilings, right? So that's really tall and there's all windows behind the couch. <laughs> but my apartment building is like shaped like a U and so like I'm one leg of the U and across you could see the other apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. But because the sun blares on that side, they always keep their blinds closed so I didn't even think about it and so we're having sex we decide to do that like three times a week for about two months <laughs> just that kind of sex we were just having sex all the time we we're just like it's like you got 15 minutes stop by the house what do you mean that kind of sex you mean like sitting couch up set. couch yeah. and sex. choking uh choking oh sorry so back to the choking uh choking is great there was this <laughs> one time <laughs> this one time <laughs> this one time he put his hand on my throat like, so we were missionary, and he put his hand on my throat, and he was having sex. And so I, like, was like, I'm going to be dirty. And I was like, go harder. Oh. <laughs> so, so, Why'd you look at me? Yeah. <laughs> so I go, I go, go harder. And I meant, like, bang me harder. And he thought I meant choke me harder. Oh, and no. I was already, so he did that, and I was like, go, 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 go. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. And I was like, you almost killed me. And he's like, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love the idea of that conversation happening. While well, we're doing it. He's like, we can't do this anymore. Um, and so then, so then fast forward oh, so to great. the couch sex. So we're having so much couch sex and it's amazing. Loving it. Great. And then uh, fast forward like six weeks or something. We have a table read at my apartment at night. And we're all sitting around. We're reading and. Um, one of the actors goes, oh, that's so weird. We can see into your neighbor's apartment. And I like look up and I'm like, oh, across the way. I'm on the third floor. He's on the fourth floor. The kitchen lights open and he's literally just staring into my apartment. <gasps> and he's like kind of looking around. He feels like he's got caught. So he like walks away and then, and then, um, uh, what did I say his name was? Jake? Jake. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to be that first note out. Um, Jake, uh, and I lock eyes and, I was like, oh, this guy's totally been watching us bang the entire time. There's yeah. no, there was no way he hadn't been. Right. And so, table read, everybody leaves. We're like, bye, have a good night. Thank you so much for coming. Da, da, da. We immediately run over to the couch. We look up there, and he keeps like pacing back and forth. <gasps> and he goes, I, and we're both like bent over the, the couch, like just looking up at the window. And I was like, what do we do? Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I'm going to see him. I know him. I think he parks like three cars away from me. <laughs> like, this is insane. And as I'm talking and like, what do I do? Jake starts to caress my back. <laughs> And then I was like, what's happening? He's like, we should have sex. We should have sex right now. So we start having sex again. And then a uh, neighbor keeps walking by. And then we start waving. Ah! We all have <laughs> And realize suddenly we're into voyeurism. Um, and so that was a big sexual awakening, I think, for both of us. Because that was like the, I think that whole like beginning part of that relationship and having sex like that, that was like a huge coming out of both of our shells. And uh, and I remember, like, as a comic, I would always, if I was using raunchy jokes or whatever, I'd be like, ah, oh, sit on your face, or I'd sit on or you sit on my face. 
And then as I was telling that, I was like, you know what? I've actually never sat on anybody's face. <laughs> and he's like, do it. Get up. Go climb up. Let's do this. <laughs> and then that was a game changer. That was amazing. That was the best. That was the best amusement park ride I've ever been on in my life. It was fantastic. And I feel like that relationship, and it was because of that night and the neighbor seeing it. He's like, what else do you want to do? What else do you want to do? And I was like, I want to sit on your face. I mean, like, I want you to sit on my face. And then I sat on his face. And that was great. Yeah. So that's, that's fantastic. My... Like, I've never seen Eyes Wide Shut, but I feel like that's the exact plot. Yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're wrong. Well, uh, except we're like the nerdy version. We're like, yeah, choke me. Don't choke. Don't, don't really choke me. Don't. Like, don't do that. Like, spank me, Billy. Don't spank me. And no, none of the weird suspense where, like, the guy across the thing is, like, a, an assassin or part of a <laughs> weird group that may or may not be trying to control you or destroy right. you. Yeah. He did for a while, that neighbor... Um, he, I would, I would text Jake and I would be like, it's so weird. I'd be waiting to go into the elevator and he would, if he saw me, he would just take the stairs and I'm like, man, you're part of this threesome too. Yeah. Like, right. We can, we can be <laughs> yeah. in the elevator together. Like, don't be an asshole. Well, I love that you guys, even though you were abstaining, were asking each other, like, what do you like? Oh, and like yeah. getting to know yeah. each other. It and- was the best prep I've had for a relationship because we really got to be really good friends and we talked about everything and, uh, like, especially, like, one of the reasons why we were waiting, because it was like, look, uh, I really like you. I don't want it to be, like, a, yeah. a wham-bam kind of thing. And so, yeah, it was it was a really good start to something. But even Did just you guys, to have You them... guys are still together, right? No. Uh, <clears throat> uh, no. Good friends. Good friends. <laughs> I could probably draw his body right now. That's how well I know him. But, but yeah. I mean, even that, just being able to, like, say what you like, say what you don't like, I think, I think lots of people can't. Just can't right. do Absolutely. that. Yeah. Yeah. And by lots of people, I mean me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to make it about me. We already talked about me. But yeah, amazing. I think about that, what you're saying is, I, I'm pretty sure Dad always said this to us, and I don't know if you got the sex talk from Dad. I did. But he, he never said, he said having sex with someone you love was a great thing, but I feel like he said having sex with someone you trust. Yeah. Mm. Or I don't even know if he said it. I just know I would, if I had a kid, I would say like, if you love him, great. But you should trust them. Like, if you love them and you don't trust them, do not have sex with them. But if yeah. you trust them, mm-hmm. because then you can you can actually talk to them and know they're not going to run away or do something freak terrible out. and freak out. Well, and- trust was absolutely the biggest thing because if I looked at previous relationships or even relationships after that, when they would ask me or tell me to do something, I'd be like, nah, man, I'm not doing it. That's weird. Get out of here. <laughs> like, that's, no. And, but with Jake, it was really, because we'd already talked about and set the foundation. Yeah. So when you'd be like, what about this? <laughs> I'd be like, that's crazy. Let's do it. I'll go get the whipped cream. Oh, okay. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That never happened. Oh, we did. That we never happened. Yeah. No, never mind. There's no whipped cream. <laughs> oh, yeah. That um, was another one. Nine and a half weeks. That movie was like, shit. Oh, just yeah. banging throughout that one. Who gets that? Little Mickey Rourke. Oh, yeah. He looks so beautiful. But she's like emotionally destroyed by that relationship. Yeah. She doesn't come out of it like, hey, cool. Right. Like, now yeah. I want to go out and be bold and confident. No, it's yeah. true. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, somebody you don't trust or know necessarily that well you can be more expressive without fear of reciprocation of judgment or whatever so you have a liberty and a sort of an excitement of the unknown at the same time yeah 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 I guess yeah. the fear of being uh, murdered or raped gets Maybe. in the way. <laughs> well, okay, so I didn't. I left this out of my story, but I'm just gonna throw this in here. So I went to a sex party once, and um, I definitely had fear of like I'm gonna be murdered. And it was one of those things like you have to turn your phone in. There's no photos allowed. There's nothing, you know. Like it was Please. definitely like they were trying to be, you know, they're keeping it safe. Yeah. Um, and I and I mostly was an observer, um, and 
Wait, where were we just talking about that I brought this up? Oh, oh just safety, safety or anonymity versus... Anonymity, because, yeah, when you're, you know, if the, the, you're never going to see those people again. So you're going to be who you be who you want to be and, and do what you have always wanted to do or don't do anything. But you could see people, like... And but it was just definitely a scary play, definitely a scary thing. Like I, I never did it again. I was glad that I did it, but I was terrified going in, and I was like, "Get me out of here!" You know, like and I stayed and I had a good time, or whatever. But once I was like, "I'm ready to go," and I got my phone, I got my st- and like almost ran to my car. Like, what are they going to come after me and kill me now? Like I don't know. now that is the plot to. Oh. <laughs> I no need to watch it. There is something really. To be said about you know intimacy and being the connection when you're with a partner who you have this trust and foundation with, but on the flip side, there is also something very special about having sex with somebody you know you will never see again. Two yeah. ships yeah, in the night. Two ships in the night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let that free flag fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. All right, thank yeah. you, Nicole. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been real fun so far. Let's let's bring it down, guys. I think it's so funny that I'm on this podcast uh, for this topic because like uh, I'm so Disney, like I'm, I'm so straight edge. Like my acting goal is to be in, like a family oriented sitcom. <laughs> right? So like I can't say too much. Yeah, bury this. Yeah. You can't have a family without sex. So. Right. Is that how it works? Yeah. Oh. I think Disney sitcoms that you have, no one has cleavage, nothing. Yeah. yeah. The kids just show up in a basket one day. And you yeah. Go, oh, I'll, I'll keep this one. Um, but I'm literally like the opposite of Mary Jo, like growing up. Um, like I had no sexual fascination or curiosity whatsoever. Um, I remember in, in the, sorry, I just laughed at myself. Um, <laughs> I remember in the fifth grade, it was like like people were like starting to think about sex, and they showed the sex video at my elementary school, and they sent home a form to parents to be like, um, like sign this to let your kids see the video, and I was like, don't sign it. I want to go to the library and play checkers by myself, because <laughs> I couldn't think of anything more fun than getting to play. With, it was like a really big checkers board on cloth, and it was, it, was, it was like huge, huge checkers, and I was like, I'm not gonna pass this up for a sex video. <laughs> So, they didn't sign but the you fo- knew, like, did you know what that meant, the yeah. sex video? Like, did you have no, a sense like, of what was going to be on it? I grew up in Georgia in the South in a very religious family. Um, so, like, we never talked about sex. Like, when, when like, Kevin would kiss Winnie Cooper on, the, on like, the Wonder Years, my yeah. parents made me cover my eyes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it was weird because, like, I always, like, growing up, before I realized I was, like, gay, I always wanted a girlfriend, but it was always like in like a lovey-dovey way. Like I want to hold hands, and, yeah. and like I want to kiss, but it was never sexual. So in the fifth grade, it was it was just wanting to be part of that part oh, of life. Yeah, yeah. 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 I get and that. so it was very innocent. And so I totally did not see the video. I went to the library, played checkers, and had the time of my life. <laughs> um, and then when I got to middle school, I was so far behind Did everybody. Did you see yeah. playing checkers like, by yourself? Like, literally, I went to class, and uh, they were like, well, okay, Navaris, leave. Because I was the only one who, who, like, didn't sign the form. I just walked by myself to, like, the library with the biggest smile on my face. Like, for me, that was sex. Like, it, was, it was amazing. Um, That's awesome. But what was weird was that in the fifth grade also, I fell in love with comic books. Mm. And I started an X-Men club that was essentially me as the president <laughs> <laughs> and my friend Jeffrey as vice president. It was a two-member club. <laughs> and I made all the rules. Um, I remember waking up one Sunday morning 
I had this dream, and the dream, I like Jeffrey's pants slipped down a little bit, and I saw his butt, um, and I woke up terrified, like just drenched in sweat. Um, and I think in that moment, like I just, I didn't know what being gay was, but like early, like when maybe like a year or so, a year year prior, I think my brother had called me gay, and, and my dad was like, "Don't call your brother that." Mm. Um, he was so mad about it. I didn't know what that meant. How but old were you when you had the dream? I was 10. Okay. I was 10. And so I didn't quite know what gay meant still. Right. But, like, something just felt wrong about it. And I think at that moment, like, I crushed in, I crushed that sexual that sexual awakening. Yeah. Um, like, at a time, like, I didn't realize it. But, like, through my middle school years, I only wanted girlfriends the entire time. Every night. So, once again, super religious. I would get on my knees and pray to God. I'd be like, give me a girlfriend. It would be so great. <laughs> um, I didn't really have any homosexual urges when I was in... Um, middle school and then so like I was kind of like I was chubby in middle school and eventually I, I had braces like I turned into Steve Oracle and like, like a word away. so like ladies that didn't love me like, so I had on like all these girls once again never sexual like they were just like 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 innocent crushes and then the eighth grade I had a crush on uh, I'm gonna change your name Jaina Dones if you can figure that out <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah made it up um <laughs> And she was my world. For all of eighth grade, I was like, she's so beautiful. And she sat next to me in homeroom. And I just thought the world of her. And it was like my first, like, quote, unquote, sexual fantasies. But it was literally just me picturing us kissing in different, like, locations. <laughs> with, like, weird, like, organless, like, Barbie doll bodies. <laughs> and so at night, I would dream about, about, about like, having sex with Dana. Ooh, no, Jaina, Jaina. Jaina, it's a very uncommon thing. <laughs> it's easy to make that mistake. Really is. Yeah. It really is. But it was just us like kissing in like a whirlpool or kissing on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> like quote unquote naked. And I was like, yep, sex. Because like, and oh, I was awful. I was that one kid in like in middle school because I didn't watch the video when I was 10 who was had so many questions. Uh. I, I, I was literally like, one, they separated the guys and the girls. And so it was just guys. And that was like, listen to talk, like, excuse me, wait, I had a question. Like, how many holes do girls have? <laughs> it was like three. And I was like, what? I was like, what? Three. Yeah, isn't that right? Is Urethra, yeah. your anus, oh, and your Oh, okay, vagina. all right. Yeah. Aha, uh-huh, you didn't know either. Yeah, so. I'm a terrible lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And then one time I was like, what semen? And they, my teacher was literally like, go, go home and ask your parents. Oh. <laughs> right? These are literally the last people who want to explain to me. They don't know what it is. Yeah. They were like, it's, it's like sex pee. <laughs> and I was like, does it come out when you pee? He's like, I don't think so. Wait, like, this, your parents said it was sex pee? They had no idea. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, they were just like, just worry about it later. Like, we, I never had a sex talk. Like, literally, like, no one sat down with me. Oh, I was like, this is how oh, sex works. It was just amazing. like, when you get married, you'll figure it out. I was like, and God oh, wow. will be smiling from heaven. Cool. <laughs> Great. I'll wait for it. Okay. So then, so this is what it's all been leading up to, you guys. Calm down. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, when I realized I was homosexual, so it happened, like, one night. Like, it hit me like thunder. Uh, I think it was, it was the summer before my ninth grade year of, of uh, see, summer before I started high school. So between eighth grade and ninth grade, Dana, Jaina Jones. Jaina Jones. Jaina. Jaina Jones. Her name keeps changing. It's so great. Yeah. Jaina Jones. She found out that she figured out that I had a crush on her. She was really mean about it. Aww. She embarrassed me in front of the entire homeroom. Jaina. Yeah. Um, but I'm still like kind of crazy about her because, am I right, ladies? Like, yeah. We're like yeah. the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's time I'm thinking like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get skinny and I'm gonna go back in the ninth grade. I'm gonna make Jane of Domes love me. <laughs> um, and one night, so I'm just like uh, I'm lay- I'm laying in bed. I'm just watching TV because TV was my favorite thing ever. And like I was just sh- flipping through channels and I passed by like the scrambled porn channels. Uh huh. And like I was like, I want to see a penis. Like, it just came out of nowhere. I was just like, I want to see a penis. It wasn't just like, I want to. It was like, I need to see a penis. Um, I remember just watching the scrambled stations being like, I can't quite <laughs> see any. But um, what it was was that, I remember it now, I was passing by and it was kind of clear. Like, like normally it was really scrambled, but like little images and clips were passing through. Oh, yeah. And, it was, and then my thought, my first thought was like, oh, I get to see boobs now. It was like penis. And then like my Christian side went like, abort. What do you do when <laughs> this is wrong? But I was, it, it, it felt like a fever. <laughs> Your Christian side is a singer. <laughs> abort, what are you doing? Back off. Change the channel. <laughs> he was a Viking. My Christian side yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was, was a Viking. <laughs> um, he still is though, but he's 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 kind of a fun guy. Yeah. Um, um, and then so I remember, and that came out of nowhere. Like you weren't thinking about a specific person. It was just all of a sudden penis. Nothing at all. Just like this. It was kind of unscrambled. And then I was like, I just really need to see it. But I came like obsessed with it in one night. And I just went to like there was like three channels and I kept flipping back back and forth, thinking like I think that's a penis. Uh, is that a penis or is that an elbow? I can't tell. Uh, and then it just something because what just the Christianity, the, the the Christianity in me or the Christian part of me whatever was like talk about shame like that's where all of my shame comes from yeah. and I was super uncomfortable talking about sex like for for years and like I was I was like 22 calling it like making babies without the babies like, <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to say sex and so for me like that moment it was such a weird moment because I was it was my first time of being like curious but like I was also like it, what does this what does this mean yeah. like if I want to see a penis what does, what does this mean and the week that followed, like I like played it off as like, oh, this that was just intellectual curiosity. Because like I've never seen like a white guy's penis before. So like sure, I, sure. I've, I've seen my own penis, but a white guy's penis is probably way different. <laughs> probably shaped like the moon or something. <laughs> <laughs> And so we had these books down in the basement because we had a, refur- a refurbished basement or a furnished basement. Uh-huh. Uh, and I went down there and I got like a medical journal, which is an awful thing to look at naked people. Like, yeah. like, they're not like, ooh, hotties. It was like, this man has a deformity. <laughs> and here he is naked. And I was like, I don't know if I like penises. <laughs> I'm not sure. But then I was like, okay, so I saw a penis in a in a medical manual. That's it. Like, so I was like, I am Back to being straight. I saw a penis. Let me go, like, go get a girlfriend in high school. And it didn't work that way. So the rest of my high school career, career, because, like, I made a lot of money in high school. <laughs> um, I, um, I got crushes on, like, guys uh, in high school. Started started in the ninth grade. Uh, I was in the chorus, and there were two senior boys. So, like, the men the men had a chorus. So, like, they mixed the freshman boys with the senior boys. Ooh. Boys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. PB done hit, you know. Yeah. Boys done dropped. Hair sprouting. Um, yeah. And I was like, those are men. Yeah. <laughs> 17-year-old men. 17-year-old men. Yeah. Uh, I had a huge crush on one of these guys. I'm not going to say his name because he's actually a really sweet person, unlike Jaina Jones. Uh, um, <laughs> I was obsessed with him. And these were my first, like, real sexual fantasies. So, but they were once again. I did, didn't quite know what sex was. So I just ima- so okay. This is me telling somebody for the first time ever. Yay! This is my second very good moment. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and my parents can never hear this. <laughs> um, 
So like my my fantasy where he was chained in the basement. <laughs> he was chained in the basement, and I would take care of him. So I would like, so I, would like I would bring him food, I would bring him water, and he had a pee pan that I would like change out. He, he was, understood he had needs. And he was totally like naked. Total yeah, <laughs> and I, and I don't even know if I imagined just like kissing or like actually any kind of like sexual. He just pen. was yours. He was just he was, naked oh. and chained to a wall, and I took care of him. Those were my like sexual and he, fantasies. And he was not—he was not afraid. He was happy to be chained to the wall. Yeah, I mean, he didn't try to run. So I can only <laughs> imagine the bliss that, that he was feeling. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was around that time, so that was pretty. Mu- that's pretty much like all of it. But so I started to have fantasies about like my friends and like when, when I was a senior, it became people that were in my age, and I couldn't really act on it because they were straight and all this. But I started watching like TV shows, like like E was big then, and like they were like you know going to Cancun and like shirtless guys who had like crushes on like unavailable drunk men who were in Miami. Um, and I watched this talk show where like this nerd came back as a stripper and I was like, like you, I was like, I'm going to be a stripper. Yeah. Like, 10 years from now when I get back to high school, they're going to be like, man, we miss just you. You're a sexy, sexy stripper now. I'm like, yep. Um, that was like kind of like I was getting into sex, but although even through like you, you, you guys are all like, I came, I was like a virgin, a virgin late. Like I lost my virginity at the age of like 23. Like, it was, like, super... I had moved to California by then. And before that, like, I wasn't still... I wanted a girlfriend or boyfriend. It was always about, like, love for me. Like, I wanted yeah. to, like, connect mm-hmm. with somebody and all this. And then I moved to L.A. And I, <laughs> and I found Craigslist. Um, <laughs> which was one awful. It was, like, the dregs of humanity. Yep. Um, and it was so soul-crushing. Like, it crushed my esteem because, like, everybody turned me down. It was, like... It was, like... Um, I was, and I'm not going to get into, like, too much of it, but, like, a lot of it was because of my race. And, uh-huh. the, and in the gay community, I got a lot, like, you're hot, but, like, I don't date black guys. And I was like, well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I would get that, like, a lot. And so eventually when I actually lost my sex, when I lost my virginity, it was because, like, I wanted to save myself for marriage. And then I was just like, what's the point? Like, I just kind of just, like, do this and get it over with. So I found some guy on Craigslist who finally said yes. I went to his place. His cat watched it. (laughs) I realized the cat was there, like, after. And I was like, oh, you have a cat. And he saw the whole thing. Um, Then I went home and, like, cried on my bed. And, like, that was... And it's it's fine. It's it's fine. It's It's gotten better since then. And, like... So, wait, prior to that... You said, like, a question. It's gotten better since then? But prior to that night, you hadn't even kissed anybody? My first kiss was through Craigslist. It was a complete stranger. Um, It felt... It felt like nothing, and then um, I think I like I, I call it like my first kiss, but my real first kiss happened like later with yeah. somebody like I was attracted to, yeah. mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is what a kiss should feel like, yeah. yeah. You know? And oh. I still like I still never had sex with somebody. Sorry, I hit the table. That's we were told okay. not to hit the no, table. No, don't worry, you <laughs> the entire um, um, I've still never had sex with somebody that I've been in love with, uh-huh. so I am looking forward to that. But yeah. like, I have a healthier relationship with sex now, and I can say the word sex. Um, I don't get embarrassed an, an, anymore, yeah. but yeah, I, had, I think for me, I've had a growth in the past two years or so, just kind of coming into my own as a like a sexual being and not being ashamed of it. Yeah. <gasps> Navaris, thank yeah. you. That was yeah. the best story yeah. ever. Oh, how are any of us gonna top that? I don't know. Woo. All right, Natasha, you ready? Natasha. All right, do I just jump on in? Jump yeah. on in. Double Dutch. Do it's it. Fine Double Dutch. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well. You know, I feel like 
the story I was going to tell really is sort of a culmination of all three that awesome. have been told. It's Great. Him, um, drawing upon all three experiences. Great. I, like you, Mary Jo, grew up very, just from the second I can remember, you know, it was just this hypersexual. I was so fascinated and intrigued by anything sexual and Jessica Rabbit or anything yeah. that was just overtly sexual yeah. I was into. Um, but at the same time, I was chubby and I had freckles and I had curly hair and I um, grew up in different sort of class systems. Um, so I never really felt worthy. I was sort of everybody's friend, you mm-hmm. know, but I was never the person that even as a kid that people had a crush on or that wanted to be. I was popular and everybody liked me because I was fun. I sort of made fun of myself and that's how I found comfort. Um, because I knew that people didn't find me attractive, so I could sort of get my way in by being funny mm-hmm. um, and making fun of myself. But deep down, I always just wanted that hand to hold. And, you know, mm. it was very similar, although then later I wanted to feel in their pants. Um, <laughs> so it was a little different there. A little bit different. Um, and I had a really tough time with the subject. I was really excited by it, sexual awakenings, you know, being a sexual being. But at the same time, I was like, oh, there's so many places I could go with this. It's like the first time I discovered Tom Jones or, <laughs> yeah, you know, or um, the time that I slept my way and s- with a different man every day for two months across Australia after not having <gasps> sex for three months. I mean, three years. Sorry, three years. I, didn't, I was celibate for three years. And then I just fucked my way across Australia for two months. It was incredible. So like, what do I do? Where yeah. do I go? What's the right story to tell? But uh, after I thought about it, it really goes back to there was one. There was one. There always is one. And um, it was about 19 or 20, sort of freshly out of high school and sort of that transition period. And I got everybody's like, you got to get a job if you're not going to college. And I was sort of taking classes in college and I worked at this very prestigious art school. Ranked, I won't say the name, but it's ranked number three in the nation. You can figure it out. <laughs> uh, there was this boy that worked in the art store there. He was always huffing paint and uh, (laughs) he was missing one of his front teeth. He was just very charismatic. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was like, yeah, 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 sometimes he was wearing like different color shoes. It was kind of always like disoriented when he would come in and, um, but it's funny to say that, but everyone kind of carried a torch for this guy. He sort of, you know, he really did have that charisma Sometimes, about him. Yeah, that even without there. a front tooth, he was the leader <laughs> of the pack. Everybody wanted a piece of it. So um, we were all planning, all of our coworkers were planning to go out for a night out on the town. And there was this other girl who I knew I was up against, you know. She was <laughs> cute. She had the cute factor going for her. And again, I still carry these very deep-rooted, um, even in my relationships, up until the age of 20, were always with men who sort of, you know, it was like, you're not good enough or whatever. But I was like, oh, thanks for liking me, you know, this kind of thing. Um, And so I always felt that I had to push harder, go further, whatever it was. And um, so we all decided to go out to this club, and it was like this 80s club, right? I can't remember what it was called. The place has been shut down now, but um, you had... Just in L.A.? Yeah, it was in Hollywood. It was like the place, 80s night, you know. The club 80s? 
Was it that makes sense. That no, doesn't make sense. No, but Clubbing sense. East is a gay club. No. That doesn't this is exist not a gay anymore. Club. Was it this is like, No. <laughs> I do have a story about that another time. But I, I will say, like, the last, the previous time I had been there, I met this guy who had a, he was like, hey, check this out. I got, uh, he had thunder and lightning on his head. He was like, I'm a boxer. And they call me thunder and lightning. Because each, each fist is like thunder and lightning. Oh, my God. I don't know that he was from how New York. You, I might have added that how accent. How do you animate <laughs> thunder? Was it just a cloud? Anyway, the point is, we were all going out to this club, and I knew this was my moment to snag the man, okay? And I was up against a real cute girl. Pumping paint. Pumping paint And aim high. God bless you. Oh, God. Fly store. So we all get dressed up in our best 80s attire and we show up to the club and my friends like don't worry you can use my other id i'm gonna go in first then you're gonna use my id to get in and i did look similar to her uh, she was you know very brown-skinned mexican but we both had dark hair and i am mexican but i'm very fair-skinned but we both had dark red curly hair so we figured it's the past it'll do <laughs> so we're all waiting in line and go in and she goes in and then this other girl who we'll call darnet <laughs> um, that was my competition, you know. She also had the snaggle tooth factor, but she was cute. It was kind of, she was like, everybody liked Darnette, you uh-huh. know. She kind of had that cutesy, like, not threatening, like, I'm Darnette. Yeah, yeah, damn you, Darnette. Um, she never had to try. She just was effortlessly, everyone was like, oh, you got a crush on Darnette. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I worked in the basement. I feel like this is very telling. She worked at the top floor, and I, were, I was, like, in the basement of this art college, you know? I was like, hey, guy, I worked in the front room. I was like, you know, pay the toll and get pass. I was like, the Yeah, so we go to this club. Everybody gets in, and here comes, what do we call him, Toothless Joe? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so they go to check my ID, and I head him over, and the guy's like, that's not you. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, of course it is. And Darnette's getting in the club, but I'm not. And Toothless Joe got in the club, and I was like, guys, I was the only one that didn't get in the club. And he's like, he actually was like, well, fuck, we can't just leave her out here. And so I was like, oh, I need a ride, guys. So he's like, okay, cool, I'll, you know, I'll I'll get you a ride. No worries, we're in uh, Hollywood. So everybody goes in, and I was like, ha-ha, take that Darnette. You know, like, I knew I was going to win this round. It worked out for me. So we proceeded to, um, I was like, okay, where's your car? He's like, oh, it's right down here in this garage down here. So we go to this parking garage, and um, he kind of starts frantically looking around and stuff. And he's like, see if you can find anything sharp. <laughs> and so I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? So he finds this metal object and starts like, and I was like, wait, this is your car. He's like, yeah, I forgot my keys. Like, I think I locked my keys in the car. And I was like, oh, shit, should we call somebody? He's like, no, 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 you don't need to call anybody. This is, this is my Just car. Just find worry. me something sharp. Yeah, you know. I don't there. trust you, So he starts, you know, uh, opening, get trying to pry the car open. And then we get it open. And, um... Then he can't find, he kind of fakes like, oh, I can't find my keys. I'll just try to start it with this. So he pops open the little (laughs) key thing, does a couple wires, and we're in business. And I was like, oh, my God, are you sure that's so bad? He's like, oh, no, no, I got your boy. You know, I was like, oh, I have AAA. Should I call? (laughs) You know, he's like, no, no, we got this. He got got thunder and lightning. Get in. Get in. (laughs) So I hop in the car, and um, we start driving. He's like, 
oh, well, you thirsty? Like, before you go home, I mean, you're all dressed up. You got to go out. So I was like, yeah. So he's like, okay, hey, why don't you just pop in this, uh, in the driver's seat? I'm just going to get in, grab it. What do you like to drink? Tequila? And I was like, oh, I love tequila. You know, wow, this guy's really tre- pulling out all the stops for me. <laughs> so we pull into and the this, starter wire. Yeah. <laughs> we pull into the liquor store in East LA. And, um, I said, okay, you know, just because the car, just to keep the car running, why don't you just jump in the driver's seat here? I'm just going to run in and grab us some tequila. I'm going to What is happening? So I was like, okay. Oh. And here I am, like, trying to, you know, fix my, freshen myself up in the mirror. And I'm thinking, gosh, I really fucked Arnett. She, her loss. <laughs> like, look who's coming out the winner. Um... So then I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, he comes, Toothless Joe comes running out with a bottle of tequila and a security guard with a gun right after him. And he's like, go, 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 start there. And I was like, but you're not in the car. What? And he's like, just open the door and fucking start the car. Hit it in reverse. So I do. And now you're driving the getaway car. Yeah, I'm driving the getaway car. So the security guard grabs my door. And he's like hanging on for July. He's like, just don't stop, just don't stop. And Tisa Show jumps in the window, and I'm kind of impressed by his agility. So then he's like, just drive, just drive. And the security guard, you know, we call his bluff. He gives up and goes off. So in the meantime, though, the door he died. By the way, no, he, died. he died. I'm sure he's living a very happy life. Um, the door won't close all the way now because he's bent it out of shape. So there's this constant like ding, 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 the whole time we're driving. So we're trying to decide, and he's like, "Oh, you know, what kind of music do you?" Well, wait, like? wait, 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 <laughs> wait. Did no you point. say like, "What the fuck was that?" No, he tells me that he's like, "Oh God, this fucking security guy, fucking East LA." You know, I, I was short. A quarter, so I asked the guy behind me for a quarter, and the guy's like, No, you're stealing. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that oh. makes sense. Oh, my God. I got it. I would have bought it too. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to beat Darnett, was the thing, <laughs> and I was happy to be yeah. there. I was just happy to be there. So I'm in the getaway car. I don't know it's a getaway car, but I'm in the car <laughs> driving. And then um, we're on the freeway driving, and he's like, uh, Okay, I'll just keep like get on the five, just go south. So we start driving. But I was so I mean, toothless Joe was toothless and hairless, but he also had the body of a Greek god and the charisma of like, you know, How old Danny do you DeVito. Think he was. He was just a few years older. Okay. Wait, okay. toothless and hairless? Toothless <laughs> and hairless. <laughs> the charisma of Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> driving and um there was this tape in there and it was a uh, ghost town it was the specials was the best of the specials so the whole time and you know we're driving for hours i was like wow are you looking- uh no the special is like ska oh, oh no. yeah, right, 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 yeah. yeah it makes it worse so you know i'm like wow how far do you live he's like oh you know just keep just keep going just like it's, we're almost there stuff so, um, pretty soon, we're at the border of TJ. Oh. Oh, good God. And um, I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And I just figured, like, okay, we're we're doing this. We're going. He, he just Mexico. seemed to know. He had a plan. He seemed like he had a plan. He was so confident. He knew what he was doing. Um, so, we 
drive to TJ. And then we get a hotel and he's like, you know, hang on, hang on a minute. I'm just going to run down this corner right here. I'll be right back. Like, you know, get some, here's some water, blah, blah, blah. And he comes back with like, you know, this big bag of coke essentially wait like what time is it at this point who knows okay (laughs) Joe doesn't need time we don't know the time it It was was night time but it was it was late you know so and um, you never had any red flags (laughs) you'd think had I been a normal person I might have seen a red flag here or there but I just felt like I love it this is it I again it was that idea that like somebody you're being taken away. I am being swept off yeah. my feet right now. What is that? You know, I just yeah. felt like I was the star of my own romantic. Well, this was an adrenaline night. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I would just like to point out that um, we did steal a car, and <laughs> the story might be better, but I would what? just like to say that the make and model of the car was a Ford Fiesta. So if we could just add that, in, I just want to put that image in everybody's minds <laughs> right now. You did. Drive away Ford Fiesta. So we're in our hotel. <clears throat> there's Coke. There's, you know, um, and he's just like this fireball. Were you a virgin? No. no. Oh, okay. God, no. <laughs> but I might as well have been, to a sense. You know, I had had sex, and I had been with my high school boyfriend for years, and I had this beautiful sex, you know, I mean, it was beautiful on a fake leather couch with artificial flowers <laughs> on the coffee table, and it was it was all very special, sure. And then after that, I got in this really awful relationship. Um, but this was so... Uh, but the, the relationship I had before was always, like, putting me down, and I always felt like like me I was like you know but this guy was just so like gregarious so vivacious it was just like oh you know it's happening and he was he was just always on the edge and I just felt like I was like oh oh this is so you know I'm so thrilling and he wanted to be with me you know it was it was very exciting so similar to what you were saying is that we you know he taught we started talking and we hit it off and I don't know if it was the coke or what it was tequila you know at that point who knows but um then we just started having great he just he ripped his shirt he was wearing this wife beater and toothless joe rips his shirt in half and rips my clothes off my body and we just start at it you know and we're in this gritty Tijuana hotel room and you know, I mean, it was coming at me from every angle, and this man was picking me up, and <laughs> you know, I mean, he, <laughs> no, Boris looks so. Confused. I had just never had somebody that could lift me up before, yeah, you know. And to me, that bad. was so exciting because yes, I had always seen these women that I, I idolized and thought like that's what's sexy, and you know, and to myself, I thought, oh, I'm pudgy or I have this, and he was just like, he was in it. He just drove it, you know. It was he was so far in. Take that as you want. But uh, <laughs> in any way, it was so liberating. I just thought, gosh. And at first, I was a little like, tee-hee, I don't know. Even though I just stole a car and drove to TJ and robbed a liquor store, I'm a little, I don't want to show you my boobs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was so a reservation about my tits. I even though I just stole a car and robbed a liquor store and driven to TJ oh and done an so eight ball great. of cocaine. I was still yeah. like, I, I my boobs? I don't know. Like, let's turn the lights off first, you know? <laughs> um, and so there was that. And it, it was just so balls to the wall. And he was just like an animal at me, you know? I just 
felt so alive for the first time. And, like, here's somebody that is willing to accept every nook and cranny and just get in there. He just <laughs> got in there. He dug through it. And, and it was great. It was great. And it continued to be great um, with him because... He, I later on discovered, was a person who loved to do many drugs all the time. So sometimes it was PCP sex, and another mm. time it was, let's do, eat this. It was mushroom sex. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I ultimately, uh, after, he was he was always in and out of prison, not related to our <laughs> Tijuana sure. rendezvous. Sure. But, uh, sure. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Like, I mean, that, that's a given. Yeah. Um, and he was tormented by many things, but... The sexual inhibition and just the freedom to... uh, It was the first time I really felt sexually alive, even though I had been having sex for, you know, six years or something, and I'd been with different partners. This was the first person, and maybe it was the acid, maybe it was the mushrooms, maybe it was the PCP. I don't (laughs) know which element it was, but he just accepted me wholeheartedly, and it was like, whatever you want to try, whatever you want to do, you want to fart, you want to this, it was just like there was nothing off limits, and to me, I had always felt like I had to try so much harder to be attractive than everybody else, and I I could only get my way in by being the funny fat one or the funny, you know, non-threatening person that this, I could just really, like let loose and let the lioness roar and there was no there was never any judgment on his yeah. end you know regardless if he was high or not I don't know but, um <laughs> or I was I don't know um but that was ex- ex- just extremely liberating awakening and really made me accept and discover parts of my body I never even knew you know existed and it kind of was this element of a buildup of mm-hmm. since I was a child having all of these sexual feelings and curiosities and frustrations to um it was like somebody just unleashed that you know gate opened that floodgate up and it was so it was so fun it was so passionate it was so exciting to steal a car and TJ <laughs> um Ultimately, you know, we couldn't be together because on the flip side of that, he was very Christian. And so... (laughs) We have so much in common. So so that was a part of me that he could not accept. He could accept every other that I was willing to, you know... What part that he could not accept? He could not accept that I was not Christian. And I was not willing to... That was something in me. That was the threshold. That was sort of like the deal breaker. For him, it was that I wasn't, and for me, it was that I couldn't, I couldn't adapt that. Um, you know, I respected it, sure, but I, for me, it just didn't feel like the natural, you know, yeah. thing that made sense for my life. Um, I had too many conflicts and and questions, and so sadly, uh, Toothless Joe and I had to. Um, <laughs> How long were you guys together? Five years on and off. Wow. Yeah, wow. it ended. It ended as you would expect it. Restraining order, a knife fight. Um, <laughs> uh, I hope he's a pastor. Uh, you know, no, so he great. does own his own very successful mascot for hire company, and I'm very proud of him. I for would that. never have expected <laughs> that. So if anybody game. needs a mascot, please hire Toothless Joe because you know, <laughs> I, and and that's the thing is that. I feel that in, and it's given me a power because now, you know, again, as a single mother, I did go for, for three years and I've been single for six years now um, with no sex because I did start to 
question again. And whenever I think of Tusa's dough, I just remember like, let that freak flag fly freely. Because ultimately, whoever is afraid of who you are and your deepest, wildest, gnarliest sexual, you know, or it doesn't even have to be sexual. It's it's not even a sexual thing. It it replies to all parts of your life, your being in every sense. If somebody can't embrace all of those eccentricities, no matter what they are, um, then on to the next, you know, and peace be with you, and that's fine, and everybody's entitled to their own thing, but that is the one thing I really learned from him, and ultimately, yes, you know, we did have our falling out to religion. It was something that we could not agree on. We could agree on all other illegal sorts and bits, (laughs) but that was the thing that divided us apart, and so, um, yeah, I will forever have a very special place for him in my heart and my vagina and <laughs> every other crevice and orifice and hole and in my being. But um it's really sweet. That it is. I do. I look back on those moments and I think like, will I ever find that again? You know? I yeah. I hope so. Yeah. You know, I hope yeah. I hope what, so. Your son is six? He's six. So yeah. is he like has he had have any questions about sex or like do you talk openly about the your body and his body and well I mean, um, six so. noted uh, just I would like to say this that on my way here I had to take an uber because I had a battery issue and on my way to drop my son off to his babysitter my son tried to get me to make out with my uber driver so he is very he's always trying to hook me like at the at Trader Joe's he's like hey what's your man what's your name you married you got kids my mom's not married he wants a dad he yeah you know, my son has grown up, and, and this is the thing I've thought about uh, on a serious note, is being a single woman and raising a young boy, because that's somebody's future partner. Whatever yeah. he decides uh-huh. to, his orientation is, whoever he decides to be with, it's more about, you know, I have to, it's not so much like I'm a female, I'm a male, it's more about the person that I am and the example that I'm setting, and he's grown up with me. Um, backstage touring all he's been all over the world backstage with very you know we're burlesque performers so he's seen them but he also has a sense of respect you know I too grew up in a hippie community at the age of 10 where everybody was nude all the time and so sex was nudity wasn't a thing it was like you're at the beach there's your teacher naked but it wasn't like ooh, there's Mr. (laughs) it's just it's a body it's a thing and I think there's something to be said for that because you don't develop issues. You don't develop... It, it's a different... When you realize that everybody has a body and everybody uses their bodies and things, it's not the same sort of set. You you sort of have... He has a respect for that. And I think seeing women so... Um, and men, because there's lots of men in burlesque as well, you know, embracing who they are and having power over their sexuality and choosing. It's really your choice of how... Allowing the audience to see you how you want them to, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just not having any qualms or insecurity about it. It's putting it out there. So, yes, he definitely is. And at this age, he does at six, you know, um, somebody said sexy and he was like, what does sexy mean? Mom? Ah. I'm like, ooh, sexy. <laughs> but um, I, it is still very innocent, but yeah. at the same time, you know, yeah, there is that, there is that element about it, but he's pretty, but it's great. It's not a secret. It's no, not, he's yeah. very confident about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's great. Cause that's something that I wasn't. So yeah, it's yeah. important. And I think it's important to just be flat out. It's not like, you know, it's not like, Ooh, there's your pee pee or there's your, <laughs> yeah. or don't look at that. Don't, it's like, 
Yeah, you know? Because not in the world, not everywhere in the world does everybody wear a shirt all the time. I mean, that's, right. that's just, yeah. com- you know, yeah. your body. It's yeah. like, yeah. Wow. It's about the person, really, and it's about the experience, and that's the thing, too, is, like, so interesting. And I really have hope for future generations because they don't see things the same way. It's like, it's not a boy and girl yeah. thing. It's not like, oh, boys have this and girls have this. It's like this idea that you are in love or you're attracted and anybody can have anything. You want to paint your nail, you want to do whatever it is you want to be or do. Yeah. It's just sort of this fluid thing, yeah. you know? And yeah. that's really important, ultimately. Thank you for One your What Amazing. Okay, so I'm gonna. I'm do you gonna have notes. I've never I seen do you have, have notes. Before. I know because I'm going it's last. Pages of notes. And I have no. It's just like tidbits. Okay. Um, I have a sort of something to say to everybody at this table, <laughs> so that nobody feels like they're alone or whatever unique. No, not that you don't feel unique. <laughs> that you just. I'm you not feel, special. You're, you're not, not special. Not you're not special. special. Like a freak. I feel like a weird mix of everything everyone said. So I have never ever thought that I was Irish Catholic. I was. Raised in Catholic school, my parents, or my father's Irish, my mom's partly Irish, but I grew up in Hawaii, and so being Irish just meant you were white. Like, there was no, like, you're a part of the Irish people, whatever. Nobody cared. But listening to these stories, I realized so much of, like, the conflict in me is the Catholicism Mm -hmm. versus the, like, whatever I think maybe I am, maybe. So... Um, I have two older siblings, Ian, who's at this table, and <laughs> our older sister, Heather. So when you have older siblings, three years older and, and six years older, you see a lot of stuff before you're ready. Or not necessarily you're ready, you just see a lot of old stuff. The first movie yeah. I ever saw was <laughs> Poltergeist, if we ever do the first time movie I ever saw. Oh, that's a fun one. But I remember seeing things like, um, uh, you know, like the Witches of Eastwick on vacation. Do you remember that, Ian? And I think the oldest I could have been was like seven or eight. It's a sexual movie. Yeah, it's an incredibly sexual movie. I mean, they talk, there are three women living in a household with unattractive Jack Nicholson. Like, as an adult woman, you might be attracted to him, but as a young child, you're like, I don't, he doesn't get it. I don't get it. Right. He doesn't meet any sort of standard of attractiveness. He's no toothless Daddy. Yeah, he's no toothless Daddy. And you're like, these three gorgeous women are all with him, and their children all And that's a movie about sexual awakening of each of those three women. Yes, and so you're like young watching this, and at some point the adults come running in and are like, what is happening? Why are you all watching this? And you're like, well, I saw it, and you can't undo it. But so I had this this weird these various things and I, I kind of made a list of them. But I, I, I want to start from like the person I think I am and the person I think I was taught to be, and then this middle ground. So um, I never masturbated. I didn't masturbate until I was twenty, at least, um, maybe older than that. We could not have been friends. Yeah. <laughs> I had absolutely no instinct. To masturbate. It never occurred to me. I don't think I ever saw something. Maybe I did see something where someone touched themselves and I just didn't understand what was happening. I didn't feel like I was missing out. At some point, the boyfriend I was with was like, touch yourself. And I was like, no. I didn't put a tampon in until at some point my little sister was like, what are you doing with pads? Let me teach you what tampons are. And I was like, I don't want to put anything in my vagina. Like I was so... And I got a urinary tract infection once. And I didn't tell my mom because I was so freaked out that it had to do with That's my bad. vaginal area. And I felt like a bug had crawled into my vagina and died. Oh, no. That's what I thought urinary tract infection it does was. does kind of feel that way. And then my mom, I finally told my mom, like, 
uh, I just, she was like, she noticed me peeing like 10 times at a dinner. We went to a restaurant and she's like, what's going on? And I said, I don't know. And I explained the symptoms to her and she's a nurse. She's like, you have a urinary tract infection. And I was like, oh, and then we went to the doctor and I took antibiotics and it went away right away. But I lived in like, I think at least a couple of weeks with a full blown oh, urine. Oh my yeah. god! Which, so if you've horrible. ever had one, it's, it's yeah, a burning terrible. fire, and you have oh. to pee every five seconds. Like it's awful. So, I have this weird disconnect, and I it's weird though because when I think of young Colleen, um, all of my body issues, all of my shit, all of the stuff like I'm super tall, um, I'm you know I'm super pale, I'm all these things, they didn't exist when I lived in Maryland, and then when I was five, I moved to Hawaii. And I had this giant crush on this boy, Bryce, and he was, like, half Japanese, half white, and I loved mm. him. And um, we would do this thing at uh, recess where you'd be, like, you'd tag somebody and you'd run away, and if the boys caught you, they could kiss you. Does anybody yeah, play yeah, this? Yep, yep. And I would tag Bryce, and no one ever tried to catch me. And I, me, me and my long legs, it wasn't like I was getting away because I was a real athlete. Like, nobody wanted to kiss me, and I was actually an adorable little kid. Like, I look back at pictures and I think, like, you weren't, you didn't turn into your, like, weird, awkward phase until much later. You were actually very cute. But I just wasn't cute for whatever the definition of cuteness was at that age. And that started that thing of, like, desexualizing yourself, where you start Mm -hmm. to go, like, oh, I guess I don't fit in this thing. I guess I'm not what cute is. Cute is petite and tiny and Asian, mostly. And it was like, I guess I'm not that. But I was still kind of doing okay in our <laughs> next-door neighbor, uh, and I were, about, were the same age, and I don't remember how old we were. We were probably about, I don't know, seven or eight, and I was in his room, and we started, like, kissing, however seven-year-olds kiss, and then at some point we took my top off, and I, there's nothing there. I don't know why it would be any way intriguing. I'm a seven-year-old. I was flat-chested until my freshman year. Um, no, I guess like seventh year, seventh grade, but like nubs. Anyway, but my favorite part of the story is like me and him are like making out or doing whatever How we do. I think it was like seven or eight. It was okay, pretty yeah. young. Yeah. And he had a, like an armoire and we'd, op- we'd open one of the armoire doors to kind of give us some sort of protection or to keep us somewhat private. And I remember his mom came in to be like, hey, but <laughs> it's okay, you're exploring each other's bodies. And then <laughs> and slam the door. And I remember being like, <gasps> and that like slut shame of like, I, I, she didn't say anything. She only said, it's okay, you're exploring each other's bodies. I could tell she was not okay with it. But I didn't go like, oh, we're both equally responsible. I was like, oh, I'm some this. sort of weird. You're a harlot. I'm a harlot. Witch. Yeah, I'm a witch. <laughs> and she was subsequently very nice to me. She never was like, "You're the trash." <laughs> <laughs> but I remember always being like, "Oh, she walked in on me." Because I think I remember when I took my top off, I thought, "This is a choice you're making," and this is I. The onus is on me, not both of us. And so, therefore, um, yeah, I am a little bit of like. Even though I was busting out nothing, I was busting out a flash. Like, here it is. Oh, Way to see is. my boy chest. Um, but that was this weird thing of, like, I'd had this initial thing of, like, major crushes, like, tagging boys, wanting them to kiss me, making out with my neighbor boy, topless, you know, by seven or eight. And then I went to Catholic school. And I had crushes on boys, but no one ever reciprocated it. And it I was just, co-ed school. 
co-ed school. Yeah. And I just got taller and taller and taller. I was just like, I was taller than my third grade teacher. I was, uh, I remember when I went to this like uh, summer camp of like theater kids and there was a boy who I realized in high school was the gayest boy in the thing who I was in love with. And he pulled me aside to secretly tell me about his crush. And I thought he was gonna tell me it was me. I thought it was one of those Aww. moments. And he told me he had a crush on another girl, which is I love. I think Navarro's you're like crushes is like I'm sh he picked like the cutest, prettiest, most popular girl. He didn't pick the funny <laughs> five foot eight, you know, twelve year old or whatever. Uh, and I get it. Who would? It would probably indicate his homosexuality at an early age, because I look like a man. Uh, so I was just in this weird world where like uh, closeted gay boys didn't like me, uh, straight boys didn't like me, and I moved in that thing where you sort of desexualize yourself, yeah, and you just decide. Like I had a friend who was like very boy crazy, and we were in that place where all your loyalty is there. Where like if somebody says they like somebody, you can't like them. And I had a friend who's she wasn't boy crazy, but she just kind of liked any cute boy in school. So. And she had no shot with him either because she was like chubbier and like, you know, smart. She wasn't the petite, tiny girls. So we were both in this this club together and we were best friends, but she liked them first. So I wasn't allowed to like them out of loyalty to her. She never said it. I just knew. Like, mm -hmm. I knew we were both not, we were a long shot to get this person to like us and I wasn't going to betray her for this. Um... And so that sort of set up a pattern of, like, constantly making yourself the, like, asexual best friend, which is, like, I think what a lot of us audition for, yeah. where you're just, like, there to be, like, yeah, he's a real looker. You know, like, you never, you're never in the running ever, even though you're, uh, whatever you are, your personality, too, you're just not. Um, but I also had this weird thing, I think, associated with Catholic school, with the asexual best friend, with, like, guilt, and all that stuff was, and this is why I thought of this topic, was dreamscape. I don't know if anyone remembers this movie. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible movie. It was made in the 80s. Dennis Quaid is a psychic yes. who they introduce into this government program where he can enter into people's dreams. And initially it's just supposed to help people with like deep-seated problems or whatever, but ultimately it ends up being a plot to assassinate the president. Of course. Um, but in the midst of it, uh, uh, Kate Capshaw is one of the psychiatrists working with him and he's very attracted to her, and he says multiple times, I want to go out with you, I want to go out with you, I want to go out with you. And she's like, no, 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 like, I, I don't want to be another notch in your belt or whatever. So one day he comes in, and she's sleeping, and he, like, sits down and does his psychic thing and enters her dream. And in her dream, she's in, a like, a gauzy outfit in a train. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and he makes out with her, and we assume has sex with her. And then she wakes up, and she sees him, and she's mad, and at the time, I was like, oh, that's like the sexiest thing in the world. And I was so young. I don't know how young I was. But I realized what I thought was so sexy about it was it was guiltless sex on her part. Hmm. She, she was not complicit at she all. She was not complicit, yeah. but it wasn't, it didn't feel rapey. Though it's totally rapey. Uh. It was, she wasn't going to get a disease because I'd been fully informed. I went to sexual education classes. I knew about all this. My mom was a nurse. But she wasn't going to get a baby. She wasn't going to get diseases. It was just 100%. It was a dream. It was a dream. It, was, it didn't even happen. So morally, she was 
pure and free. She was pure in every yeah. way. She was physically yeah. pure and morally pure. But mentally not. Yeah, and she had turned him away in her conscious mind, so right. she played hard to get. Ooh. But in her unconscious mind, which she can't even account for that, whatever, uh, he did it to her. So it was that, I, and I, I think a lot of women have, like, rape fantasies. And I, I think about rape fantasies as, like, any of this stuff, like, the stuff that people talk about that they live out in actual life, I think I'd actually be, like, too freaked out to deal with. But in the, like, abstract, they're like, yeah, that sounds super hot. Um, but that was one of those. And there were other things, like, Revenge of the Nerds. Remember, like, he, it's so rapey. He puts on that Darth Vader costume and has sex with her when she thinks it's her boyfriend. Right. And I remember at the time being like, I think this is kind of wrong, but she got to cheat without guilt. Or, like, I remember my parents caught me staying up late to watch L.A. Law and Harry Hamlin. <laughs> there, was, there was something where, like, Harry Hamlin was trying to get somebody back and he was wearing a gorilla suit. That's all I remember. But I remember it was, like, under a disguise. And I realized it's all, like, guilt-based shit. It's all, like, yeah. that kind of stuff. And then, and I just kind of, because I, like, cut myself off. I was, like, basically from, like, fifth grade to junior year in high school... Or to senior year in high school, it was just like you are a non-sexual entity. Nobody likes you. You're a man woman. Uh, you've had two ill-advised short haircuts. Like it was just like <laughs> you talked. <laughs> you exist in a realm to you're almost like a movie thing. Like you're a supporting cast member. Your job is to come in and like say quirky lines and leave. And like if you grow up, you'll be somebody who has like a deadbeat husband that never shows up on camera. Um, but what was interesting, finally, uh, my senior year, this boy really liked me and, like, really liked me and was not going to be deterred and really liked me. And all these things that I'd been kind of prudish about, too, uh, like, I remember saying to my friend Lori, who did burlesque, I was talking to you about earlier, Natasha, but she, I, she said something about blowjobs, and I was like, well, <laughs> I'm never going to do that. And she's like, well, don't knock it till you tried it. And we were sophomores. And I was like, well, don't you knock until you tried it. And she's like, I've tried it. And it, like, blew my mind that a sophomore had given a blowjob. Like, what? No, that, would, that, that, that was me too. Yeah, I couldn't comprehend it. And then when that moment came as a, you know, a senior, a 17-year-old, I was like, yeah, you know, I guess so. Like, it didn't feel insane. And I was like, I think I went from the person who was topless <laughs> in whatever age to, to me again that was like, oh, um, I'm actually capable of this, but I think I'm only capable of this when I really trust somebody. And that, I, I was like, I don't think there's anything wrong with what people do. I think it's just like weird shame stuff that shows up where you kind of need, you need somebody that you, you know cares about you enough to not like betray whatever you're kind of unlatching and unlocking in order to be intimate with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had, like, a one-night stand with somebody I knew for a while who I knew was never going to be like, ugh, I fuck Colleen. Like, it was never going to happen. <laughs> um, but it was so funny for me because it, it, I think about all the things, like, I don't know how many of you read this. Like, did anybody read the Sleeping Beauty Chronicles? Mm -hmm. So Anne Rice wrote under a uh, nom de plume, uh, the Sleeping Beauty Chronicles, and they're just bondage novels. Like, this prince goes into Sleeping Beauty's castle. He, like, has sex with her while she's unconscious, kisses her. She wakes up to being raped, makes her into some sort of sex slave. And I was like, what am I reading? Like, a friend of me, a friend of mine handed it to me while we were watching, like, 
We had a guest week where we could take these alternate courses and someone was doing like forensic photos of dead bodies and I'm reading the first of the Sleeping Beauty Chronicles. And there was something like intriguing about it and then about halfway through I was like, I can't read this anymore because the weird feminist in me wrote us up and I'm like, I can't deal with all the like rape stuff. Like I like the part that's kind of like, I liked the guilt-free part but not the part that was like, oh wait, you just keep subjugating her. Or like yeah. Piers Anthony, if anyone's ever read any sci-fi all of those guys have a lot of theories about like utopian sexual societies, mm-hmm. and um, Piers Anthony. It's like the first book. Ian knows this. They're all wishless. It's well, one of them is the first book is Spell for Chameleon, where this guy who has no magical powers but is in the magical kingdom escorts this woman who turns from a shrew who's very smart to a medium attractive woman who's mediumly intelligent. To a hyper hot woman who has no brains at all, and it's and she ends up being his perfect woman because she's all the things he wants, but it's all in one woman. But it's not like at some point she like melds into like the medium attractive woman who's like sort of smart. It's like he gets to have sex with the brainless blow up doll, and then he gets to talk to the shrew, and he gets to endure the middle woman who's <laughs> of no good. But these are the weird things. You read thinking you're escaping from your reality, reading fantasy, and you're reading a lot of stuff that, like, programs you into weird, like, 60s and 70s men's ideas of, like, how can I fuck as many women as possible um, while it being, like, morally correct. But I, I just was realizing that I wanted to talk about this topic tonight because it's a weird thing that shapes you and you don't necessarily remember all the elements that come into play and... I just thought it was interesting when I started. I'm going to just check my list to make sure I didn't forget anything. But the list of things that kind of pop up uh, and you forget. Oh, this is the other thing. Last thing I want to say is my first TV crush was Sam Malone. Mm-hmm. I loved Sam Malone. And oh, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, not Ted Danson, I love Sam, Sam Malone. Malone. right. And Sam Malone is not in any way like, a girl boy, he's not like a Justin Bieber or whatever. Like, there's nothing about him that in any way resembles a young... No, prepu- not like, at all. He's 100% male. And I was so attracted to him. I was like, that's it. That's it. Like, that's who I like. And then I... And he was tall. And he was tall. Yeah. And he was lovely and, you know, funny and whatever. But I remember... And dumb as toast. Yeah. And I got this play. It was the first play I ever got. My mom took me to get it. And I was in seventh grade. And she taught at this college, and I got this play at the college, and the part I was playing was, like, a girl in, like, a mental institution who had this aggressive crush on the boy in the mental institution. But everybody else in the cast was college-aged. And being, playing sexually attracted to a college-aged boy freaked me out to the point, like, it had almost been like I'd been molested. Like... Having that boy even just kind of like not go like, no, you're a baby, get away from me, creeped the mm-hmm. fuck out of me. And it's so weird to And I've never had a like super thing for people, men who are older than me or men that are younger than me. I'm really like, you need to be about my age. Yeah. We need to be in the same spot. And I, it's so weird because my first crush I remember is Sam Malone. But the second I encountered someone who's like an 18-year college student, I was like, he's a man and I'm a child and I don't want to be anywhere near that. And I was just like, oh, it was like a weird defining moment for me. So that's another thing. Like I, I learned that I really like around my age. <laughs> yeah. And that's my incredibly non-crime committing story. <laughs> Yay! 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 Well, what did you say about gorilla suit? 
There's some plot line from uh, L.A. Law where Harry Hamlin like snuck. Whoever he was dating or was an on again off again. Grace, I think was her name. Yeah. Susan Day. Susan yeah. Day. Yeah. yeah. And he came in in a gorilla suit to like get in. I don't remember what it was. I was like, I got caught and I got like, can't go back to bed. And I was. Oh. Because it was like L.A. Law was like it was NBC, you know, Thursday night, and that was the ten o'clock show. 10 o'clock and we had to go to bed right. at nine. Oh. In Hawaii, primetime started at seven. Yes. So we had two hours and you had to go to bed at nine. Yeah. Yeah. I had a I had a, was at a, a, a costume party Halloween party when when I was a teenager, and um, there was a guy in a gorilla suit. Nobody knew who it was. Nobody knew who was in the gorilla <laughs> suit. And um, and he was like super. I, I, to me, he was flirting with me. I don't know what a gorilla looks like when they flirt, but I was pretty sure he was flirting with me. So I would flirt back and whatever. And I was like, I had no idea who it was. And by the end of the night, the only I I was like, I'm gonna have sex with this gorilla. I don't know who it is. <laughs> and uh, went out to a, the cab of a truck. And um, and it wasn't until like the gorilla suit came off that I knew who it was. And it was somebody that I knew. But at, at that point, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I guess I'll do this, but, like, I was kind of more into the gorilla. <laughs> 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 I the guy. Mary Jo, how did we get... This is what Mary Jo always does. She's like, I don't have a story about whatever. And then she always has the greatest thing. You were about to have sex with a stranger in a gorilla suit. Yeah. yeah. Well, he yeah. wasn't a stranger. I just didn't know who it was, and I think that was part of it. It was like, well, I don't know who's stranger. under there. Yeah, yeah it's that stranger. qualifies as a stranger. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, know yeah, who Yeah, yeah, no, that's true, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it ended up, I knew who it was. All right, then. the suit on. Yeah. yeah. Stupid man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go around the circle and tell everybody where we can find ourselves. Oh, okay. So I do uh, a lot of stand up around town. So uh, I guess just follow me at Nicole Birch. Uh, middle name is L E E. And I C O L E L E B U R C H. Is it on Twitter and Insta? And yeah, and then that's nicolebirch.com. Everything's Nicole Birch because there's already a Nicole Birch. Of course there is. Yeah. And I'm she is a visual effects artist and she does like all the Harry Potters and Captain America. Oh. So she's not giving it Thor, up. No, no she's not. She's so even her email is, you know, at Nicole. N- it's Nicole Birch at Jimmy. She's got everything. So um, <laughs> she actually had a few of my credits, so we, she had to give them back. But she's lovely. We've been in contact. But my favorite part is like during a movie credit roll, my family. And friends from Kansas City were like, "Oh my God, you're in Thor! That's awesome!" That's so <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I am. Yep, yep. I play a visual effects artist." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good plug for her too. Yeah, yeah. It's a good plug for her too. She does a great work. <laughs> yeah. so don't go to her website though, because you're gonna be like, "What do you do?" It's very, <laughs> very, very, very <laughs> well, I'm the only Navarre Starson um, <laughs> that I know of, and I guess perform at the Growlings Theater, and I guess perform with some other um, improv uh, troops, like it's to play. Um, every now and then. And uh, you can see me in Go-Go Boy Interrupted by Jimmy Fowley, who's um, amazingly funny. And yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Navaris Darson. That's N-A-V-A-R-I-S-D-A-R-S-O-N. And yeah. soon, soon to be starring in a in a family-friendly television show. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm just waiting for you guys happen. to get your acts together <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and cast me. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Oh, yeah, that's me. Um... <laughs> I am going to be at the Improv August 17th within the very talented Selena Luna's show called Small Potatoes. It's a comedy variety show at the Improv Lab, so you can get tickets at Hollywood Improv something. They can go something. Right. You can yeah. go. Google that shit. Otherwise, you can find me on my website, natashaestrada.net, or Instagram is where I'm the most active, and that's Natasha underscore Estrada. Also, you will see me plenty of fish, Tinder, Bumble. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Farmers only. Look around. You're never lonely. Farmers yeah. only. Happen. Yeah. You tried that one. Happen. Oh, yeah. Wherever the Bagel reason. meets coffee. <laughs> they are. If the two of you don't get married to independent people outside of this podcast, we've done it in vain. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Colleen Smith. It's Colleen Smith, C-O-L-L-E-N-S-M-I, on most things. We are my at my first time podcast. No, podcast my first time pod. My first time pod, pod first is spelled characters. out. Yep, first is spelled out. My first time podcast.net. I think oh, we're com. getting dot com. Yeah, though. it's yeah. happening. And then we're on iTunes and we're on SoundCloud. And yeah. Honest, if you're listening, you found us, so thank you. Mary Jo is. At Mary Jo LA. Uh, Chick is. At T Chick Photo. Ian. Ian Screams on most things. At Ian Screams. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, which is where it leads to everything else. And yeah. Music tonight, I'm going to select Fireballs of Love, the song, which is the new release from my, my forthcoming album. Yours or B- Biblical Proof? It's the, it's, it's the first Ian Screams tune. Ooh. A long story. Nice. Band transition, same people. Different so if you've been listening to this or you just started any music that uh, precedes or... Postseeds, what do you say? Follows. Concludes, follows. follows. Yeah. The podcast is always done by Ian or uh, his Ian and his bandmates. And, and all uh, the photography on the website is done by Chick, Chick. Chick McClure, trans uh, fine art photographer. Yeah, and please go to the uh, myfirsttimepodcast.net because there is there are bios, there are headshots, there are original photos, there's more information, there are links sometimes when we do interesting things, and there are previous episodes. That's right. Please enjoy. Thank you for listening and thank you for our guests. Yeah. Yeah.